welcome to the Reality Podcast, a show about the real tea that's going to put us in reality. I'm your host, Intan Sofia, with my amazing co-host, Nabila Roslan and Iman Fidaus. Say hello, guys. Hello. Hi, hello. Alright, the reality that we are going to discuss for today is about women in HIV or AIDS, the pursuit of happiness. To all our listeners, for your information, this podcast is currently being recorded in different states. Yeah, I'm in Malacca, Nabila is in Johor Bahru, and Iman is in Kuala Lumpur. Quite unique, right? Anyways, stay tuned. We'll be right back after this short break. Life can be too busy at times, but we have to remember that there are people out there that are desperate to be heard. You can try to be a life savior just by taking the time to listen. Be the first to stop and really listen to them. Each and every one of us has a power to make a difference. Reach out when you are in need of help. Contact Lifeline Association Malaysia. Be friendless on the hotline down below. 03-426-579-95 or 03-795-68145. Seek for help. You are not alone. In September 2000, the United Nations had launched a total of eight MDG goals, Millennium Development Goals, that commits world leaders to combat poverty, hunger, disease, illiteracy, environmental degradation, and discrimination against women. And for our podcast, we are going to discuss and cover the number 6 MDG, which is focusing on combating HIV, AIDS, malaria, and other major diseases. Sophia, what is HIV stand for? And why people are so scared of it? HIV stands for Human Immunodeficiency Virus. It is a virus that attacks cells that helps the body to fight infection, making a person more vulnerable to other infections and diseases. Hence. Being HIV positive means that you have a virus that is causing your immune system to be so weak since it can fight certain infections or cancers. When exactly the first HIV reported cases in Malaysia? The first reported cases of HIV AIDS in Malaysia were in 1986. The epidemic in this country is concentrated within injecting drug users, sex workers, transgender and men who have sex with men communities. Every day, there are approximately 9 people that get infected by HIV in Malaysia. There are more than 870 children below 13 that are living with HIV in Malaysia. HIV can be infected to anyone, infants, children, teens, literally anyone. And I'm sure Nabila got something to share regarding the future aim in ending AIDS. Yes, I'm going to share a little bit about Ending AIDS 2030 campaign. AIDS continues to be one of the greatest health and development threats of our time. Because of that, UN AIDS has set a goal to end the global AIDS epidemic by 2030. Do you think we can achieve this target by 2030 since this epidemic has been so long and it looks like it doesn't have an ending? Mm, for me, ending AIDS in this country may be sound quite ambitious, but it's certainly doable. However, our real main challenge right now is to sustain the achievement and to close the book on AIDS epidemic by 2030 or even earlier. To all my listeners, we need to bear in mind that ending AIDS is not a government or individual responsibility, but it includes everyone to work together as one because the challenge of ending an epidemic is far too great for any one sector to tackle alone. 
each of us and every sector possess important, unique and complementary resources and capabilities to make a difference to end the global AIDS epidemic. When different sectors succeed in combining those assets, the impact will increase significantly. That is why we need to work together as one and not as a lone ranger. Oh my god, I could not agree even more on that, Nabila. Anyways guys, stay tuned, we'll be right back. Here's the tea, the reality. What should I do? I'm worried. Have you called your PR yet? Wait, you mean human resources? No, the, the PR guy. The one that helps you to talk with your public. Um, what is PR? PR or public relations is a strategic communication process that builds mutually beneficial relationships between organizations and the public. Even better, PR is a mix of journalism, psychology and lawyering, preparing you to be a leader in the future. Here at UITM Mascom, you can study PR with flying colors. We are a family designed to master graduates with powerful aspects of public relations. Some of the courses offered include principles of PR, writing for PR, PR in government and politics, corporate PR, and financial in PR. One of the subjects include public opinion and propaganda, which is a vital subject to be taught to every PR practitioner because the world now is full with deceits and lies. This subject offers you to interpret information in multiple unique perspectives, leading you to process information differently than others. So, do you want to develop your communication skill at its finest? Do you want your life to be about helping people to build their brands? How about knowing the secret techniques to creating a good reputation of yours? Then, what are you waiting for? Come and join us now at UITM Mascom. You can head to mascom.uitm.edu.my for more. Oh, now I know! So, I think it's time to get you PR. Yes, good idea. Hello everyone, welcome back to our podcast. So, continuing from where we left our discussion regarding women in HIV AIDS, I am going to share with you guys regarding the stereotypes, stigmas, myths about this particular topic. First, most of us tend to have the idea of HIV is equal to death and the people that are infected are associated with behaviours that some people disapprove of, for instance like homosexuality, drug use, sex work, or infidelity. For everyone's information, HIV is only transmitted through sex and blood, but in this case, sex, which is obviously a taboo subject in some culture. In our culture itself, hearing the word sex might frighten some people. Most people also regard HIV infection as a result of personal irresponsibility or more like a moral fault that deserves to be punished, which I feel like personally that's unfair. I mean, most of the personal experiences that I've discovered on YouTube is that they didn't ask for it. Some of them got infected since born. Some of them got infected without knowing their husbands or partners are positive. So we are indirectly creating a very toxic environment for everyone since most of the people that has HIV is scared to open up, scared to get treatments, worrying about what others would say about them, and it's unfair. Anyway, Sophia, is it true that straight people do not have to worry about HIV infection as a statistic nowadays shows that most of people who infected with HIV came from the LGBT community? 
That is just a pure myth that people create to ease themselves from worrying. Straight people are also included to worry about HIV infections. I mean like, yes, we know that the highest risk group for HIV is men who have sex with men. But that doesn't mean all of us are safe. Even for the heterosexuals, it is important for you to have protected sex for the betterment of you, yourself and your future. I have always heard that women with HIV do not deserve to conceive a baby. It is cruel because it takes away the human rights. The people should know that a woman living with HIV can work out a pregnancy just by taking antiretroviral treatment. Correct, Iman. And with having her taking her HIV meds daily as recommended, she can deliver her baby normally and the baby's infection rate can be as low as 1% or even less. Most people also regard HIV and AIDS are two different things. It's not different because HIV is the infection that causes AIDS. However, this does not mean all HIV-positive individuals will develop AIDS, right? Lastly, this is where people often go wrong with. I've read somewhere that people that are tested HIV-negative can have unprotected sex. The answer is no, a big no. This is because if a person was recently diagnosed with HIV, it may not show up on an HIV test up until 3 months later. So it's crucial. You should take a second HIV test 3 months after your first sexual encounter just to make sure. If you are having regular sex, I suggest that you should get tested every 3 months. You'll never know. It's better to be safe than sorry. That is why a program should be addressed the underlying social and economic issue regarding gender inequalities, harmful gender norms and human rights for women in HIV. And no one should have a poorer life chances. Women with HIV and AIDS also should get an equal opportunity and equal quality services to support their health choices as it uphold the human right of all women. HIV is causing your immune system to be so weak and may lead to some health problems that are unique to women such as gynecological health issue, increased risk of cervical cancer and heart disease and also aging related issue so that they need to get the best quality of treatment. If they have temptation to start a family, they may access to the family planning counselling or doctor to seek for advice from the professional. Is there any program that can help women with HIV to improve their life? We can see that many employers doesn't want to hire women with HIV because they want to avoid paying for their health insurance and don't want to take any risk. One of the great examples is My Lady Assistant Shim by the Malaysian Aid Foundation. This program gives women with HIV or AIDS the opportunity to start or expand their business by equipping them with vocational skills and even financial aid. In this program, selected candidates will undergo the peer support program to build adequate mental capacity and preparation. After go through this preparation, they will entering a vocational training or career placement with corporate partner of the Malaysian Aid Foundation. They offer an option for training in cooking, sewing, online business or other areas that will be further developed as needed. After they completing their vocational training, the candidate can apply for a non-interest on loan that will 5000 to 10000 to be a startup capital of a small business. Meanwhile, the candidates who choose the job placement will be given adequate training by their respective employers. So Iman, can you share your opinion and information regardless of uh, some new discovery related to the treatment of HIV and AIDS? Sure. The first future treatment is something that has to do with emergency departments or can also be called as ED. 
Bakti Hansoti, a professor of emergency medicine, said that in South Africa and in many other parts of the world, one of the reasons HIV is spreading to people is because that particularly young men are not HIV suppressed as they may not be taking their medication or are unaware of their diagnosis. The second future treatment is that researchers have discovered a primary cellular player which controls the replication of HIV in immune cells. The best thing about this research is that when this cell turns off or gets deleted, it eliminates inactive HIV remnants. By using the method of genetic modification, we prevent HIV recurrence in the body upon the stopping of using antiretroviral treatment, which suggests that eradicating HIV and AIDS is a potential reality in the future. However, further studies are still needed as the research is still ongoing. Oh, oh, um, I watched this one TED Talk on YouTube and the speaker was talking about how scientists are working on a new cure through the method of injecting stem cells. And currently they are testing it out, experimenting it. And from what I can see is that there's a high possibility that we can find a cure by 2030. There's actually two people that have been cured from HIV. Yes, cured. So, a study in recent March 2020 of a HIV patient has found that he has been cured from the virus infection. He is the second patient to experience successful stem cell transplantation from donors. The study reveals there was no active infection in the patient's blood 30 months after he stopped using antiretroviral medicine. Also, the first successful treatment was reported about a decade ago. The patient was regarded as the Berlin patient who was cured using quite the same similar treatment as the second patient. He says further that this treatment is extremely risky and only used as a last resort for patients with HIV who also have life-threatening cancers. So, this is not a treatment that will be assessed easily to patients with HIV who are on continuous antiretroviral treatment. Stay tuned, we'll be right back after these friendly tips on COVID-19. As people around the world are taking precautions to protect themselves, their families and their communities from COVID-19, it's also important that people with HIV to stay healthy during this pandemic. Make sure to take your HIV treatment every day to keep your viral load low and strengthen your defense. Take preventative measures like everyone else. Wash your hands frequently with soap and water and avoid touching your eyes, nose, mouth and face and make sure to cover your mouth when coughing or sneezing. Talk to your healthcare professional responsible to your care about continuing treatment or consultation remotely. Make sure you have a 30-day supply of your HIV medicine. Avoid excessive exposure to information that may upset you. Stay informed through the reliable sources. And the last one, eat healthy, sleep well and exercise regularly at home. Keeping positive, having routine and trying to live your life to the fullest even during quarantine. Remember to stay at home and stay safe. Believe me that we can fight this pandemic together. Hashtag kita jaga kita. Amazingly, we are near to the solution in figuring out the treatment to cure HIV. As human beings, of course, even women that lives with HIV have a desire to have their own children. And as I said before, they can become pregnant. However, some methods are potentially riskier and more costly than others, which my partner Iman will tell you guys more. Yes, yes. And they can also try another treatment called as assisted reproduction. 
it involves using technology at a fertility clinic to achieve fertilization without intercourse. Several clinics around the world are now offering services to HIV-infected couples. While assisted reproduction technologies are changing all the time, there are a few standard approaches such as, first, in vitro fertilization, IVF. Second, oligospermia cup insemination, OGI. Third, in utero fertilization, IUF. And fourth, intracytoplasmic sperm insertion, ICSI. Whichever the procedure is, we have to know that it is important for the HIV partners to be on antiretroviral treatment and to have an undetectable viral load before committing fertilization. And also regarding adoption, it is a possible option for HIV partners, but this can be difficult as the laws and regulations apply from one country to another is different, so it might be hard for some. Thus, seeking legal advice from your healthcare provider should be the best way. As they want to start a family and get pregnant, these women also need to learn the importance of prenatal care. But some of them may have no idea what is prenatal care about. Prenatal care or can also be called as antenatal care is when a person gets checkup from physicians, doctor or nurse throughout the life cycle of pregnancy. Because of that, every pregnant woman, regardless of her HIV status, should see a doctor regularly to receive prenatal care. Prenatal care for HIV-infected women always includes a viral load test and HIV drug treatment. It may also include the treatment to prevent AIDS-related infections. However, women with HIV should avoid some procedures of prenatal care like amniocentesis, which function to test for any genetic defects in the baby. This test involves a needle through to the womb. It may be necessary, but it has a huge potential to increase the risk of transmitting HIV. Yes! Now, other than prenatal care, women with HIV also need to understand about breastfeeding. For a fact, breast milk, it carries HIV too. And breastfeeding, therefore, adds considerable risk of transmission. So far, research shows that the risk of breast milk transmission is the highest in the first six months of life. However, there is no point beyond to where it becomes safe to breastfeed a baby for those with HIV. Wherever clean water and formula are available, it's recommended that HIV-positive women exclusively formula feed their infant. A bunch of studies have looked up upon at breast milk pasteurization, a procedure that allows women to express their breast milk and treat it themselves so that it becomes safe for their infants to drink. A study reported in 2009 found that women taking antiretroviral medicine were less likely to pass on HIV to their infant through breastfeeding. The risk didn't go down to zero, but it was significantly declined. To wrap up, because starting a family can be overwhelming, one must take good care of themselves and also their family and get lots of support. Have someone to talk to with, someone who can actually listen to you, who won't judge you and will help you figure out what to do when things get worse. Don't have to worry and make sure your life is full on hope because the researchers are currently running a lot of studies and analysis to make the world a better life. We can see a lot of the researchers are working out on these treatments based on gene modifications mechanism. Also, for all HIV patients, especially the women, stay strong and know that we are in this together. So that's all from us. Hope you can gain something valuable and thank you for your time. Stay safe and stay at home. And also, make sure to practice social distancing. We hope you can share our podcast with your friends and family members to spread the awareness. Have a nice day, everyone. And don't forget to share the love. Bye! Till next time!